Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Welcome, listeners. Today is the finale of Twisted Tales, but only this section. I must say, Tom Keithley really put the nine yards in for this one. From listener to author and on the radio waves in one fell sweep. This is what my platform aims to do. I mean, of course, to entertain and share stories, but importantly as well, support, grow, and share hidden gems like Tom Keithley with the rest of the world. And a big thank you, Tom, for sending your stories in. And I look forward to more. So, before we jump in, I want to let you know that I've bundled these together in a playlist all on their own, on SoundCloud. So if you want to demonstrate to your friends and families that it can be done and what audio drama can sound like, hop on over to that SoundCloud playlist and you can listen to all the episodes one after the other. And if you don't have SoundCloud, no worries, I've included the link in the episode description, just to make it that bit easier to find. Okay, are you ready for the finale? Good. Turn the lights off, the sound up, and get ready for something different. A Twisted Tale The car fell silent for a while. That is, until we hit the outskirts of the city. Shit, looks like they have checkpoints. Liam said, pulling to the side of the road again. I curse under my breath. Hush, shit. Okay, so, new plan? Liam and Cass both look at me expectantly. Well, what is it? Cass asks impatiently. No, I wasn't saying I have one. I was asking if either of you did. God damn it, Hector. Cass said, rubbing the bridge of her nose in an oddly familiar fashion, which made me smirk. Liam suddenly pulled a U-turn and headed back the way we came. There's a small side road back a ways. We'll take it and... Head for the coast on the old roads. Cass and I looked at him puzzled. I'm assuming you two want to get as far away from here as possible? So the coast is your best bet. He turned onto the road as we took the turn. Cass asks him, How you feeling up there, buddy? Like everyone I know and love is dead? Then once more the car was silent. I was okay with that, as there was a steady pounding in my right temple that was only steadily growing worse. Then, there was that uneasy feeling, one that I'd had since we left the town, and it was only intensifying. I massaged my temple and closed my eyes. I'm not sure how long I'd closed them for when I felt a wrenching dread take hold of my guts. As my eyes flew open, something slammed into the side of the car with bone-jarring force. The left side of the car was off the ground, and the car began to flip. I knew that the sound should have been deafening, but I wasn't aware of any sound. When the car flipped, I slammed my head against the roof. Stars swam across the sea of black that threatened to consume me. Then more of those echoes flashed through my head. I had no idea why I was seeing this, and now of all times. The car had finally come to a rest in a field several yards from the road. Liam was slouched over, bleeding from his forehead but breathing. Cassandra was nowhere to be seen, and that worried me. I tried to move, 
to find a way out of the mangled wreck of a car. But my body felt so heavy. There was a horrific screeching noise as the crumpled car roof was suddenly peeled back like the lid of a can. Before I could even look up, I felt a powerful, gauntleted hand grab me by the neck and lift me with ease. Whoa, what the fuck? Was all I could think as I was suspended in the air with this massive hand around my throat. The owner of that hand was a huge bear of a man. He wore what looked like a cross of protective armor and normal clothing. He had deep red eyes that lacked any real kind of warmth or emotion. He didn't speak, but just held me there, looking at me with those dead eyes. His hair was brown and cut in a military style. My hands tried to pry his grip loose enough to escape, but my body still wasn't wanting to fully cooperate, although at least he wasn't choking me. Yet. His grip was firm, and the fact that he could easily crush my throat was implied with the occasional flex of the hand. That's enough, Rethos. You can put the heathen down now. Came a familiar, heavy-accented voice. There was something slightly off about it. Oh, fuck. You have got to be kidding me. I felt something coiling around my wrists as the mammoth of a man, Rethos, sat me down surprisingly gently. When his hand left my neck, I looked down to see chains of light coming from the ground and binding my wrists. They did burn somewhat, but something inside was telling me these chains were far less of a threat than they seemed. I gave a slight tug on each and limited my movement, but nothing else. I filed that away and looked to the source of the voice. It was the priest from Budapest. He no longer wore the robes, but instead, a black uniform with a long tan coat. The lower half of his face was covered by some kind of mask, but I would never forget those blue eyes. Now you are a hard monster to catch up to. He says coming closer. The pain in my right temple is unbearable. I squint my eyes closed and feel my knees weaken a bit. What's the matter? Oh, hurts your head there. Got a bit of a headache? Read those. Give the nice monster something for his headache. That powerful fist slams the right side of my head and I drop to my knees. Thanks, Rethos. I mutter and look at the ground. The echoes were filling my head now. It was maddening. Pointless flashes of nonsense. We have some unfinished business, monster. The priest stands in front of me, looming menacingly. Yeah, I owe you a skull fucking still. Didn't want to take advantage of an unconscious priest. Didn't seem Christian. <laughs> I chuckle dryly and get a knee to the face. Fucking heretics. Think you're so clever. His voice is cold now. I see a long, silver blade in what looks to be some kind of prosthetic right hand. I lift my head and look at him. Look. I know I'm a demon and all, but why do you keep calling me a heathen and a heretic? Didn't think the church counted demons as such. 
The priest laughs. <laughs> you don't even know where demons come from? That's rich. Those cold blue eyes glimmered with sadistic glee. Demons are the spirits of those who committed suicide. When he said that, the pain in the right side of my head exploded again. My mind went completely blank white. As the man that's going to send you back to the foul depths of the deepest hell, I will do you the final courtesy of telling you my name, Father Nikolai Andonescu. Sleep for eternity, monster. The blade was buried in my chest. I felt every inch pass through my body, and pain was the only reality. Darkness began to cloud my vision, and eventually engulfed me. Then, the greatest surge of energy I've ever felt courses through me. I was me again, at last. The near constant ringing in my head was gone. The dull throb in my right temple, gone. The chains holding my wrists vanished in a flash and my eyes locked onto the priest. As I grin, my hands wrap around the hilt of the sword in my chest, and as I stand, I draw it out. The priest's eyes widen in pure terror. Rethos, kill this fucking thing. My left hand snags the priest by the throat, and my gaze rests on the monstrous Rethos. I give the air a light sniff. As my full control over my heightened senses returns. Oh, a Nephilim? Thought we'd killed you off. Gonna have to look into that one. Rethos's dead eyes twitched. Yeah, lost Nephilim I saw. I ripped his spine out. Funny thing is, I grin. You're starting to remind me a lot of him. My grip on Nikolai's neck tightens, and I feel him flailing desperately. And just where did you find a Nephilim? Unable to speak, Nikolai continues his desperate flailing. Now you have the air of a man who is seriously questioning his faith right now. I take his left arm in my hand. I do hate to repeat myself, so we're just going to make sure we never have to do this conversation again. I begin to pull on his arm, slowly increasing the force to the point I feel it dislocate, then begin to crack and break. The priest's eyes roll back in his head, his flailing long since ceased, his body now twitching and jerking uncontrollably. I continue pulling, then with a violent jerk, rip his left arm off. I relish the agony. I feel his body convulsing in and let him fall to the ground, landing on his ass, kind of swaying in a daze, his blue eyes flickering almost like he's having a seizure. I bring the heel of my boot down on the back of his prosthetic right hand and feel it crush under the force. Then, drive my knee straight into the bridge of his nose. He falls in a heap, body still twitching in shock as blood gushes from his severed arm. I toss the maimed limb aside, losing interest in the priest and resting my gaze on Rethos. What do you say, big fella? 
Let's dance. As I step towards him, he holds up his hand, a gesture of surrender. I falter and hesitate. And in that second, he vanishes. Damn, he's fast. I whistle. Shrugging, I turn back to the priest. Guess, Guess you'll, you'll have, have to do, do for now, father. Seems your pet wasn't as loyal as you thought. I nudge the crumpled heap of a priest with my foot and roll him onto his back. Ah, oh, damn it. Don't tell me. You've already bled out. Should have just settled for below the elbow. Frustrated that I didn't get to enjoy this kill more, I point my palm at the corpse and it erupts into flames. So not doing this a third time. I crack my neck and draw in a deep breath. Damn, it feels good to be me again. It's then that I see her. The girl with long half-black, half-dark blue hair. My twin sister. Welcome back, Azazel. She says with a grin. Good to be back, Astaroth. A grin spreads over my face as I look around. For the first time since I had awoken in that field, I felt prepared. My life came rushing back. All those images and dreams that made no sense now did. I look at my twin who mirrors me. Took you long enough, you insufferable simpleton. She teases. Shut up. Not my fault the mortal that dad sealed me away and blew half his brain off. Um, yeah, kind of is. Don't distance yourself too much from him. You're kind of the same entity now. Don't remind me. My eye twitches. My mortal existence had been a special kind of hell. Just living as a human after millennia of being something so much more was like having three of your four limbs cut off then being told to run a marathon. Well, say what you want, but you kind of deserved it. I mean, all things considered, you're lucky you weren't just killed outright. Yes, I had done something very stupid to earn my little prison sentence, as it were, but I did not have to be happy about being punished. Who would be? Does Dad know I'm free? I ask Astaroth, who shrugged in response. Fuck if I know. I hear a growl from the shadows and spin defensively as a large black wolf strides up to my twin. Oh, Azazel, this is Achilles. As she says this, two more wolves join us. A large grey and black one and a solid grey one. The grey and black one is Perseus. My stomach churns. The grey one is... No. No, no, no. Hector. God damn it, sis. Wait, are those the wolves that were tracking us in Romania? I say frowning. Uh-huh. I told you not to worry about them. She says, scratching behind Achilles' ear. So, what do we do now? Astaroth asks, folding her arms. I gave her a look as something dawns on me. Oi, Astaroth. Why weren't you in the car when it stopped flipping? I arc my brow and give her an accusing look. Yeah, not gonna lie, bro. I bailed when the car started flipping. I love you and all, but I was not taking that bullet with you. I thought bullets didn't hurt us. Shut up. Think we should go say hi to Daddy Dearest? Astroth questions as she tilts her head, absently playing with a strand of her hair. 
Maybe I'm still deciding if I want to kill him or not. At this point, I could go both ways. Kinky, Astrolf says, wiggling her eyebrows. I just stare at her, then say the harshest thing possible. You look better as a blonde. And walk away with a wicked smile as I hear her scream in frustration. Yep, still a button. I wave over my shoulder. I'm going to see Dad. Maybe someone else too while I'm there. No, you wouldn't. Maybe? I grin at her, then vanish in a plume of purple flames. When the flames around me dissipate, I am standing outside the massive blackstone walls of Pandemonium. Astaroth appears beside me, an angry scowl on her face. Damn it, Azazel! You can and should see Father, but you cannot be thinking about Lilith. That has to be over, brother. If he gets angry again, then he will kill you himself. We both know it. I just grin. I'm not stupid, sis. I just want to know about the kid is all. If anyone can and will tell me, it's her. My twin sighs loudly. <sighs> Fine, but no more trysting with his wife. As we bicker, the massive gates swing open, and a tall young man with raven black hair and amethyst eyes stride towards us. He is clad in black armor, and though it takes me a moment to recognize him, I know it's our younger brother. Dardanus. Damn, you've certainly grown up while I was gone. I grin and embrace him. He smiles and returns the embrace. Good to see you, Azazel. I trust you're not here with ill intent. His eyes narrow warily. Just here to see father and mend old wounds. I say as he leads us through the gates and into the city. Hey, Azazel, do you feel like we're forgetting something? Meanwhile, police officers snap handcuffs on Liam as detectives try and make sense of the carnage. Pushing the obviously disturbed man into a van, he screams, God damn it, Hector! Absolutely brilliant. What a fantastic story. That is Twisted Tales. I'm still marveling at how much talent my listeners have. To think I have listeners out there with these sorts of stories bottled up in them. Well, maybe it's time I'm not surprised. This story really shows how passion and talent coincide. We have strong character building with Cass and Hector, different levels of conflict, big and small, and balancing acts of dialogue and character development across multiple short chapters. Tom. The skill and passion you put into Twisted Tales made this such an enjoyable read, and I can't wait to have more of your stories on here. So thank you once again. Untalented people, listener after listener send me their stories, their accounts, and their suggestions, and it makes my day. I come home to record and edit non-stop every night, and it's listeners like yourself and authors like Tom that keep the blood pumping in this channel. Super grateful and always astonished. That should be my tagline when I describe how I feel about my audience. And before I sign off, I want to read the latest iTunes reviews because I absolutely love them. 
So let's dig in. Amazing podcast by Abby Peterson from the USA. For the past couple of months, I have started off my day listening to this podcast. Whether it be getting ready for school or working out, these stories are always intriguing and I can't wait to hear more. Well, thank you so much, Abby Peterson. I can be on the sideline egging you on whilst you're working out with some creepy stories. Maybe that's kind of creepy. Hmm, maybe not. Okay, next one. Great host, awesome stories by Apt Girl. This podcast is absolutely fantastic. The host has a great reading voice and constantly publishes episodes. They feature a variety of stories and I love that many of them are listener submitted. The podcast isn't full of ads or attempts to sell you anything, just good old-fashioned storytelling. Also, I've never listened to a podcast that is so consistently gracious towards its listeners. Oh, thank you. It's always complimentary to the authors, even if it's their first story. The episodes are short, but numerous. One of my absolute favorites. Thank you so much, Apt Girl. I appreciate this awesome review. Charming Narrator and Consistent Narrations by... Oh, this is an interesting name, hopefully I nail it. Pal... Pale Thanatos. Got it. From the USA. An enthusiastic, appreciative, and likable host with unique stories, often written specifically by fans for the channel. Make this a safe bet for horror narrations. Recommended. Ah, thank you so much, mate. I love this kind of feedback. And lastly, you are awesome. <laughs> totally, with next exclamation mark, by D.D. Sawyer from the USA. Love, love, love listening to you and such a beautiful and grateful heart is a blessing to behold. Greatly enjoy all the stories, especially the true horror and creepy ghost stories. Glad to know my family and I are not alone in our experiences. Keep up the awesomeness. Didi Sawyer, I will definitely keep up the awesomeness and it's my duty to bring you the best stories. Thank you so much for such a great review. And just before I sign out, this week, I'm going to be doing some more listener stories, and if I can fit it in, an SCP. There's so much fun. Especially the new SCP, Enigma, that is Adam. Now, tomorrow, however, I won't be uploading as it's Anzac Day here in Australia. I'll be taking tomorrow off as a result, but I'll be back bright and bubbly Thursday. So stick with me then, and as always, till next time.